Hi everyone and a massive welcome to the Dedicate Podcast. I'm your host Kate Ivey and I just want to say a massive thank you to you all for your support of our podcast. I would love your feedback so if you have some please get in touch via Instagram or Facebook or you can email me kate at kateivyfitness.co.nz. So today I'm chatting to our Australian based yoga instructor Helen. Helen is such a great person and I feel so energised yet calm after chatting with her. Today we get to know her a bit more and she shares her experience with anxiety. We talk through the stigma associated with antidepressants and how valuable it is to talk to someone about your struggles and challenges. This is a great episode that I personally got a lot out of, so I hope you enjoy. Hi. Hi. Finally. Are you recording video as well? No, 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 no. Thank God, would have made a bit more effort. <laughs> you look great, anyway. It's it's still dark here. Yeah, well, what's odd? It's seven a.m. Yeah. Do you guys have daylight savings? Yeah, we do, but I'm not quite sure when it is. Mm. Oh, such a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> it goes. Anyway. Um, that summer just sped by. So yeah, good. it really did. Oh God, good. Yeah. So how's everything going? Everything is going very well, actually. Um, I feel like I'm back into the whoops, back into the rhythm of <laughs> dropped my microphone. Um, back into the rhythm of, of things of life. Um, yeah, you guys have had a a... such major disruptions over the last couple of years. Eh? Like, unfathomable yeah. almost. It's a big word for me at this time of morning. Yeah. <laughs> so I just feel that everyone is a bit jaded and just being a little bit more honest about it. So when you speak yeah. to people in the playground, you're like, how are you feeling? They're like, yeah, I feel pretty bad today mm. you're like oh and then you can talk about it mm, that's quite um so i think eh? that it's made people mm. open up a bit more i think so yeah, yeah. um it's so good. you've shared with me that you've had some mental health challenges and so we will go into that but i thought we'd just get to know you a bit more so of course you're our aussie yoga instructor but you're not aussie you're kind of aussie you live in aussie yes you live and breathe Australia, but you were born in Manchester? I was born not far from Manchester, so yeah. north of England. Um, actually, that's a total lie. I was born in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Scotland. Like All of born my family. Just born, born? Or like born and then yeah. out, straight out? I, was, I think I left when I was two. Okay. So my dad, my confusion comes from my dad was in the Navy and we moved around a lot. Yeah. Um, but my family settled in the north of England and that's where, that was our base. So yeah, spent a short time in Scotland, but that's it. Yeah. So then how did you come to now living with your family in Australia, with your young family? When I was about, when I was 21, I came to Australia just to do a bit of traveling. And I remember my brother saying to me, if you go to Australia, we will never see you again. <laughs> and it's pretty much what happened. So I arrived in Sydney and I stayed for seven and a half years. Wow. Met my now husband who is Australian. Yeah. And then we moved back to England for a little bit. We did a stint in America. And then we have now settled in Melbourne. Why do you think your brother said that? Was that because Australia is so awesome compared to England or is that because of the person you are? I think probably a little bit of a little bit of both. See, I'm a fair weather person. I do like yeah. to be in warm weather. I don't know how I've ended up in Melbourne, but yeah. I 
And also he had been traveling to Australia and he could just see that it suited my personality. Yeah. Uh, it's very outdoorsy. I love to be outside and, mm -hmm. you know, England's very grey. and I didn't mean to um, put England down when I said Australia is so awesome. <laughs> no, no, but you haven't been to Australia, so you no, don't know whether it's... No, but I have been to England. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shying away from the fact that I haven't been to Australia now because it's almost a bit embarrassing. We were saying, yes, we were laughing at the fact that I haven't been to Australia, but I have been to England um, and it is dreary and cold, but it's also a great place. It is a great place um, uh, to visit yes. for me. Yeah, and it's a great place to go and live for like I did for a year and experience something. Yeah, completely different. Absolutely. And, you know, we did spend all our time hanging out with Kiwis and Aussies. but um, Yeah, I mean, that's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> but they were, um, they were still new friends. You know, it wasn't like we went over there and um, yeah. hung out with someone from down the road and that was it you know we met a lot of great friends but anyway this is not about me this is about you so when you were 21 you yes. moved to Australia and how did you meet your now husband um we were working for the same company um and I was actually toying with going back to England and so we we I kind of wasn't in looking for a relationship so we became good friends for quite a long time yeah. and then I started thinking oh no I, this feels a little bit more than that and yeah. so I think we stayed in Australia for about a year and then we moved I kind of dragged him oh, to England to. with me nice he came to yeah a, had a career in media is that right yeah so I was in advertising um, from quite a young age so I in London I worked in advertising back in the sort of the Mad Men style era yeah. like it was a really cool time to be um in advertising and then when I moved to Australia I actually became a voiceover agent so I managed voiceover artists oh, which wow. was yeah really oh, fascinating cool. yeah. um so I've always kind of been in that sort of media entertainment type yeah. industry yeah um and so are you full-time yoga now? You have mentioned some stuff to me about wanting to get back into some advertising sort of stuff, or is that on the back burner? What's happening there? Yeah, that's totally on the back burner. I, I wanted to, um, I mean, I, yeah, I teach yoga full-time and I absolutely love it. But sometimes I just, I like to have a project mm. to work on. Um, but uh, my life is actually, I think that that was around the COVID time when I was really looking for something to occupy my brain. Yeah. Uh, but I feel I've come out the other side of that now and I'm just really loving, I, I feel that yoga is needed at the moment and I'm just really loving being able to offer that. And you've been a yoga teacher for seven years, is it? No, I mean, I did my yoga teacher training um, about 12 years wow. ago. Well, I started practicing yoga about five years before I started teaching so yeah. I had a good sort of five years under my belt yeah. um Did and you take it was just one of those straight away like as soon yeah, as you started doing I, yoga you just absolutely loved it yeah I, I was going to a gym and I think I was going to some like other bums and tums class yeah. and I could see this hot massive queue of people outside the studio and I asked someone what are you queuing for and they said yoga and I was like yeah. huh so yeah. I joined the back of the queue yeah. and that was that. And I went in, I was like, this is amazing. And so then shortly after that, sorry, keep I joined going. a studio. That's yeah. all right. I joined a, a proper oh, yoga studio yeah. and that was 
that was it. Awesome. And so have you always been like, you're extremely flexible and obviously practicing yoga helps, but have you always been quite flexible? Yes. Yeah, so I definitely was born with a natural flexibility. And I feel that most people who are super flexible have that in them. It, it comes easily to yeah. them. So yeah, yeah the, the flexibility, definitely the strength, Not I've learned that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So do you find that most yoga teachers have natural fle flexibility? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think, um, you know, those who just pop down into splits without warming up, they, they've been able to do that since they were a baby. You know yeah. how babies just seem to manage yeah. to get themselves into a position. You're like, yeah. how can you do that? Well, I feel that if you kind of maintain that, like if you're a, a toddler and you keep doing splits, that it will carry with you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of hit and strength trainers and stuff are often um, sporty people or runners or, you know, yeah. it's, it's something that you're good at. You're good at, you know, your yes. body moves so well and freely, something that you're good at. So it's mm. something that you keep doing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, so where did um, you do your training? So I did my training in Thailand on the island of Koh Samui. And uh, it, it was, I was immersed there for about eight weeks. How amazing. Um, and it was brilliant, but I got there on the first day and I just had this panic, you know, when you get into a, a place and you're like, what am I doing here? Oh my yeah, God, I'm here this, for eight weeks with these people I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and this I'm is just so different to my actual life. Like, yeah. have I gone crazy sort of thing? Exactly. So I spent the first day thinking, how am I going to get out of here? What am, you know, what am I going to do? And then sort of by the end of the week, I was like, I never want to leave. It was amazing. How amazing. And by the way, I've, I've been to Thailand as well. Oh, it's just so <laughs> <laughs> I've been everywhere been out of Mongolia but not Australia <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, awesome so it was eight weeks and then you just knew that that was it. you were hooked that was just exactly what you wanted to do yeah I felt so the difference from the way I felt when I went in to the way that I felt when I came out I thought if I can have that transformation, I can give that to other people. It's hard when it's not when you're not immersed in it, yeah. but I think that sort of proved to me that you can help. You can help people, and that's ultimately my goal. Awesome. And you said that you've had some mental health challenges, and you're really keen to, to talk about it. Was that around this time? Like it's helped you through that, or when did that? When were you having the most challenges? Interestingly, the most challenges I have had have been later on in life after having my children. Mm. But, but having worked with a professional, figured out that it's actually something that has come from my childhood, but I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And so when I was a kid, I was always thought of, thought of as the worrier. I was always worrying about things. And I worrying about other people but to an extreme like for example when um Wimbledon was on Steffi Graf when she was number one she lost on the first round this mm. year and I just crumbled I couldn't I couldn't handle the thought of her being so distraught that she'd oh, gone wow. out and it was just so overwhelming and I, I think back on that I think that's so odd yeah and then incredible. when my um when I after the birth of my son my second child I started to have this really overwhelming feeling that my children were going to be taken from me. And it, 
it got to the point where I didn't want to go out. I didn't want to take them to the park. I didn't want to do anything because I just had this horrendous fear. And it went on for about a year. And then I thought, I need to go and get some help. So I went to see a um, psychologist and she sort of unpacked a lot of things that I just didn't even know were there. And so she said, how was your childhood? And I was like, brilliant. I had such supportive family. You know, everything was perfect. And she said, um, you know, where did you live? And I was like, well, when I was nine, I went to boarding school. And she said, you went to boarding school? And I said, yeah. And she said, Do you, how was that? I was like, it's great. I had lots of friends. Um, and I really, you know, I thrived. I loved it. And she said, did you have any sad feelings? And I said, well, the first night I was really confused as to why I was there. I felt very sad. I didn't know where my parents were. And she was like, what's this feeling that you have when your children are being taken from you? And I was like, oh, I'm just really, I'm worried that they're going to be wondering where I am. They're going to be frightened and they're not going to know where I am. And I was like, wow. oh my God. And so she's like, this, tr- this sort of little trauma, not little trauma, there's trauma with a big T, trauma with a little T, that's what they say. And so mine would be a trauma with a little T, I guess. And so they said, because you, that was a trauma, you've, kind of blocked it and carried it all the way through and so when you had your children it's brought it out when I um was started to really struggle um I I just I was in denial because I was like I'm a yoga teacher I meditate I've got all of these tools Mm -hmm. yeah I cannot pull myself out of this hole and I just kind of kept making excuses and excuses and it wasn't until I went to get professional help that I was kind of able to realize that some things that happen a long, long time ago stay with you. Yeah. And if you don't address them, then they can come back, you know, to get you later on in life. So fascinating. And I find it so fascinating that it's, it's, you know, you just think you had a really great, great childhood like I did. Yeah. But I mean, we all experience trauma of some sort growing up in our lives. So, I mean, are we all carrying stuff that, you know, is coming out and affecting us now? Yeah, well, that's that's the thing. You know, it could be something that someone, um, a comment that uh, another friend made about your appearance when mm. you were younger. Although you kind of brush it off as, oh, kids are kids. It, it may be something that's like sitting in you and yeah. that has been something that you've carried and might be the reason why you eat too much or eat don't eat enough or you know that that sort of thing that's so fascinating because there is some I've got some memories from when I was young that aren't events just like you say we snippets that I almost could cry talking about it right now yeah and so just makes you think like yeah it's fascinating and do you ever do you ever talk about it well, I no. I think the only time I might have, was if I was in a conversation with someone and we were talking about random memories or something, but no. And I, right now, yeah. I can't think about what those examples are. I just know that I've yes. had that feeling before. Yeah, and it's yeah. that you can. It's a feeling. It's a sensation yeah, you in you. Feel it in your heart. I think. Uh, I think sometimes that we just we we ignore things that we know are building up in us. And so that's why when it came, when it comes to, when we were going through COVID, I was really big on getting people to talk because in, especially in yoga, we talk about, um, 
you know, you can go to, a, sometimes you go to a yoga class. I taught a yoga class last week and there's a lady came for the first time. And at the end, she, she was sobbing, she was crying, she was so embarrassed. And I gave her a big hug and I said, don't be embarrassed. And she was like, I don't know what's happening to me. I'm just, I feel like I just want to cry. I've had um, in yoga too, yeah. Have you? Yeah. And so it's this release of emotion. So when you get tense, your whole body, like your muscles just contract and you want to go into a little ball. That's your natural way of wanting to protect yourself. You go into a little ball. And then when you start to feel better, you can, you know, mentally start to feel better, but your muscles are still, and then your other muscles are trying to pull you back to make you straight, but you're still carrying that stress in those muscles. It's not until you move, you know, just stretching, you can start to release those and it can make you want to cry. Um, And so I think uh, I just, so I try I just, I just love people to keep moving, especially when, and that's something that's really helped me as well is the moving continuously. And, but sometimes, you know, if you're in a real funk, you don't want to get on your mat, but if it's just a walk or if it's just a stretch in the kitchen while you're waiting for the kettle to boil, you know, everything just helps, I think. Yeah. And so how old were your children when you first started having, you know, these strong I guess it was anxiety or what do you call it? Yeah, anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So uh, my son was born in 2017. We were in America when he was born and it was shortly after that. And we were living in a really beautiful suburb in a beautiful house. And I loved, we were in Austin in Texas and I absolutely loved, I loved it so much. And but yet, I remember my husband walking into the kitchen. He was like, I'm so happy. Like, finally, I feel we found our place. And I remember looking out the window and I was really trying not to cry. And I was like, how do I not feel this? Like, I just, you know, I have everything. What more? How, how do I feel so horrendous? Mm. And and that was just playing on my mind so much. I'm sorry, how old and, was your son? Well, he was in, he would be close he would have been six months yeah then because the first six months of having him I just put that down to baby blues yeah and tiredness you know and tiredness Mm. and everything so I was just making excuses for the way that I was feeling I mean you do feel a fair bit of that but it was felt like on a much deeper level than I ever had with my daughter Mm -hmm. um and also my daughter's getting older and she's not older sorry how so did you have two kids at this time yeah, so two kids at okay. this time. So my daughter was older. Okay, um, and so you didn't experience also, any of those feelings then? Not to the same level, mm-hmm. not to the same level. And But I think also what was triggering was that my daughter was starting to get close to the age that my brothers were when they went to boarding school. And I think that that's what was starting to oh. trigger this emotion in me. So how old were your so, brothers when they went to boarding school? Eight. I, ha- I, want, I, I want to be very you know, clear in saying that we were a naval family. So we moved around a lot. And so it was thought to be the best for your children to keep them stable and keep them in Mm. one place. Yeah. And so that was the reason that we all went to boarding school. My my husband went to boarding school at nine and my son's going next year, he'll be 10 and a half. So I'm like thinking about this. Like, And I went went to boarding school as well. But yeah, do you think as well the fact that your parents weren't in one place as well would have made it harder too you were in one place but they weren't so you didn't have like a a base of home 
sort of? Yes, absolutely. And also it, it was never discussed with us. Okay. So your son, I imagine you've had a conversation. He yeah, knows he's, he's going to boarding school. Or he sees it. Yes. Yeah. And see, I, I spoke to my, um, when I was speaking to my husband about it a while back, he was like, I would have loved to go to boarding school. I would have absolutely loved it. Yeah. And so there's a big difference talking with your children about something yeah. which is going to happen um and one of my my so, so what happened basically just one day you sort of went there and got dropped off and you were like what what's happening yes oh, yeah I mean it? I'm sure that I'm sure that it would be like you're going to this school but there was never any excitement drummed up about it and okay. I'm boarding schools now it especially um over this side of the world I think a bit different so uh in England they I mean I was in one of those big stately haunted homes <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um and you know it was on a big estate it was a beautiful but terrifying looking building mm -hmm. it, it was like the boarding school you see in the movies yeah, yeah you yeah. know it's not a welcoming yeah. place almost and so, like a home rather like a home as in a like a boy's home rather than a um yes exactly and so for anyone who is sending their children to boarding school it's not I, I have lifelong friends from boarding mm. school. I had the best time. I just, you know, I really did. But I just wasn't, uh, I, in the beginning, I was confused. Yeah. And I think that confusion was, um, you know, has been described as a, a, a type of abandonment mm -hmm. because I had no understanding of what was happening yeah. at the time. And so... It's a big difference, Kate. I don't want you to go yeah, in thinking no, no, that you're no. about just, to traumatize yeah. your son. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just cool to um, get to un understand it a bit more. So when you were talking to the um, therapist and you said, no, 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 my childhood was great. Did you, did the thoughts of the start of boarding school, did they come in into your head as you were saying it? Like as in you- Never um, once. Never once. So you didn't realize that this, that you were carrying this stuff from no. boarding school? Not never, never once did I ever think it had crossed my mind when I had I looked at my children and I thought I could have I couldn't do that. I just couldn't send my children away at eight. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And there were children there boarding at six in yeah. my school. Yeah. And uh, and so but but other than that, no, I had a complete me and my brothers. We had a complete understanding of why we went to boarding school. And that was it. And also um, you associate boarding school with having a very privileged life. And so therefore I would never. Especially there, it's a bit different. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So I would never have said um, I didn't like boarding school because I would just that assume would be... people would be like, oh, my God, yeah. come on, you know. Yes. And so it would be something I'd never complain of. But And I know that therapists are not really meant to press, but she was like, do, do you think it's normal to go to boarding school at such a young age? Yeah. And I was like, well, it was just kind of done. And she's like, no, no, no. At that age, parents nurture their children. Yeah. Um, and I pushed back on it at first. I was like, no, 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 my parents did the right thing. And then when I um, connected the emotion that I felt about my children now and losing them or them being taken from me and that sensation that I had on that first night, yeah. I was like, whoa. And now I can talk myself around. So when it's usually when one of them is crying, I get this feeling of, oh my God, imagine if I wasn't here now and, yeah. and they, 
they were with someone else and I wasn't able to hug them. You know, that's, and I can talk myself around now. Mm -hmm. I know why I'm feeling this. This is because of that, you know, and then I can give them a hug. But it, sometimes it got to the point where I was so paralyzed that I couldn't even hug them when they were crying. I'd just sort of stand there and watch them because this feeling was had just gripped me. And um, how long do you, did you have that for? So I struggled with it for about a year. I struggled with it for about a year and it got to a point where I thought, if I have to struggle with this for the rest of my life, I'm going to get a bit emotional. Oh, sorry, Kate. Oh, no, I don't be sorry. I thought if, if I'm going to have to struggle with this for the rest of my life, I don't really want to do it. And so yeah. that's when I thought, okay, I need to go get help. So I went to the doctor and I was like, this is how I'm feeling. It doesn't feel right. And she said, no, it's not right. You have two routes that you can take. Routes. You say routes or routes? We say routes. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> routes. We say routes too. But... In America, I think yeah. they say routes. So yeah, when you say do. routes, they're like, routes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, they, uh, so, so she, had, she said, you have two routes. You can go and see a psychologist, which I highly recommend, or you, and, and, or you can take um, an antidepressant. And I was like, no, 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 I don't need an antidepressant. I'm a yoga teacher. <laughs> Yeah, I do meditation. The, I have all these tools. You know, instead of ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, you want to sort out the issue rather than just conceal it. Obviously, yes. there is a definitely a place for antidepressants, but, you know, yes, and that, you want to get to the, the root of the absolutely. cause. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 100%. But I, but moving forward, I said, to, so I said, no, no, I don't want to do that because I feel that I've, I've got the tools. And she was like, okay, yeah, no worries. You go and see a psychologist because I'm just going to let you know, though, it, it, you're not going to start feeling better straight away because they need to work with you. So it could be a good few weeks. So I was like, okay, no problem. And then about a week later, I still hadn't seen a, a psychologist. I couldn't get in to see one that she'd recommended. She called me, the doctor, GP mm -hmm. called me and she said, look, I was a bit worried how are you feeling? And I was like, I'm not feeling good. And she was like, come back and see me. And so she said, I really recommend you take these antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication to help you get to an even level. Yeah. And then, and then, and then, and then she was like, are the challenges once your exactly. brain's functioning as it should be. So she was like, are you meditating? Are you doing yoga? Are you doing exercise? And I was like, no. And she was like, okay, so you're not okay. doing, the tools, you don't, yeah. not using your tools yeah. that you have. Because so you were feel you feeling that down so that you just couldn't do those things that they were you? So yeah. that's, that's saying a lot, isn't it? That you yes. know, you're, you're a yoga teacher, yoga is your passion, your life, but you, you couldn't do it. Yeah. And then I, I went to see a psychologist and it, you know, it took a good few weeks for us to unpack what was going on. And I said to her, I don't want to be on this medication anymore. And she was like, why not? And I was like, so I feel shame. Like, I feel like I shouldn't be on them. And she was like, no, 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 no. Sometimes you just, you, you need to get yourself to a normal um, level of operation before you can start to make yourself feel better. Mm -hmm. So I spent a year going on and off these, weaning myself off, which is a terrible idea because you get flu-like symptoms yeah. because I couldn't handle the shame. And so I was battling yeah. that. And then eventually my psychologist, who was alternative, she would never 
choose to put someone on medication if she felt they didn't need to be on it. She was like, stop now, get yourself better. And then we can talk about it. So we isn't talk, like, stop going on and off, take yeah. the medicine, get take yourself them. better. And yes. Yeah, we can talk about it. And do you know what's interesting? Like I still have really struggled with the shame of it, but then I, I eventually have kind of spoken to a few people and they've like, yeah, same thing with me. I, I, I take them too. And I was like, what? Yeah. And, you know, it's much more, um, it's not, I, I don't want to say that it's a common thing. I don't want to say that everyone who is struggling needs them or should take them. But for me, it was the way that I could get myself back to a place where then I could help myself. Yeah. Um, and I was listening to a podcast of a, a real, um, she's a kind of a new sort of spiritual leader, modern day spiritual leader. And I followed her for years. And she did a podcast the other day and she said, that she had been working with a therapist for a long time. She'd already been a, a New York Times bestseller. She'd already done like nine books. And yet still, she said, I'm still struggling. And she went, she eventually unpacked that she had had some sort of trauma, but a big trauma um, when she was a child, that she had a dream. It came to her in a dream. And after being in the industry and being a world leader in this space for 15 years, she went on an um, an anti-anxiety medication to get herself back and she said after all of these years of saying you can do it without I got to a place where I could not and it was so and this valuable was, for people out there Helen it's so great you're sharing this it was only like and this was two weeks ago that I listened to this and I mm. felt like oh I felt like a whole weight had just gone from like left me and so when you said do you want to come on the podcast I was like yes can I talk about yeah, mental health what great timing <laughs> what great timing and so why do you think there is so much shame and stigma around taking antidepressants because I think you know what exactly what you mentioned before it's it you I think you can think that you shouldn't be fixing something with a pill yeah but we are we face so much now maybe is it also potentially if you're taking medicine for something, it means that you officially have a mental health issue. Like it's almost like saying I'm officially 100%. not well, you know. Yes. Oh, and, and I'm not able to cope. Yeah. I haven't been able to cope. And so therefore I've been given a pill to make it go away. But your point is so valid what you made before. You can take the pill but then do the work, mm -hmm. you know, get, take it if you need it to get you to a point where you can then bring back the tools to help mm -hmm. make you feel better without. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in a year's time, if you're feeling great, start to wean yourself off and see how you feel, you know, if, you know, under the guidance of your doctor, mm -hmm. but so it's do you not, still doesn't take have to be now? forever. Yes, I am taking it at the moment. Um, I had a year off through COVID. Oh, that's then, interesting. Through COVID. Yes, I did. Through COVID, I was I um I wasn't taking them. But the end of last year, I started to have these really catastrophic thoughts again, which is what you know, catastrophic thinking. And the moment they came back, I was on it. I was like, I'm not going there again. 
And yeah, so I'm how long does it take to to work? Like is it like a instant or is it over a 24 hours or a week? So really they, they say that two weeks, um, you might not feel anything for two weeks. And some people can, I've had a friend who's had very strong side effects. They didn't want to drink water, which is interesting. Um, they, and so, but for me, it was instantaneous. Now, I don't know if that was a placebo or whether it was just my brain thinking that it was getting something to help. And so I yeah. started to feel better, but I took it one day and the next day I was like, I don't feel like crying. Wow. <laughs> that was, there is was definitely something a... to be said as well for taking action. So, yes. you know, it would have pulled you up a bit that you'd made a decision to help yourself again. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, I'm now, and, and it, it cor- you know, it does correlate. Like before Christmas, I can't, I have no idea which blooming lockdown we were in, 10,042 <laughs> yeah, or something. You'd have probably lost track of how many, yeah. <laughs> and so um I was just like you know what I'm done this is so boring and started drinking a little bit more gin started watching a little bit more Netflix you know started doing less on my mat started you know and it's just sort of snowballed Mm -hmm. and so then I got to a point where I was just like I'm not helping myself and I couldn't get myself back on my mat and you know the tears were coming back and so and this was during lockdown and you're still teaching and stuff during that time so were you only on the mat for when you were taking dedicated classes and stuff, not for yourself? Yeah, and also because I was teaching online Zoom because all of the studios that I work for, um, we, we, the classes online, that I would yeah. normally do in class just shifted to online. And so it w- I was still practicing a fair bit, but not mindfully. So when health, you're yeah, teaching, yeah. You're, you're thinking about the other person, yeah. whereas you're not moving in a way that your body necessarily needs on that day and it's Um, interesting isn't it because when you are feeling down you can't do the things that make you good so it does just spiral doesn't it and then that's when sleep is affected and yeah you're not doing things that make you feel good so it's yeah it's sort of yeah at 100 percent. that's the thing and drinking alcohol which is definitely not going to help but yeah exactly exactly um you know and it's very easy to say you know just get up go for a walk you can it's so everyone can go out into daylight go you know go for a walk but if you don't feel like it it's almost impossible mm-hmm. and it's i think if you haven't experienced it it's very hard to understand mm-hmm. um but there were days when i was just under the dew like my husband yesterday we got back from camping and the house is an absolute pigsty and i've literally we've got guests staying i've shut everything in our bedroom yeah. i shut the blind i shut the door yeah. and my husband came home yesterday and he seriously thought i'd been in bed all day and i was out oh. teaching and he thought so he sent me this text message going, oh, my God, where are you? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just about to teach what's happened. I'm like, it's okay. Oh, my God. Oh, yes, and he's yes, like, the, no. Back where you're again. <laughs> I'm worried about you. He said, the bedroom's dark. The bed's not made. All of the clothes are in there. Like, I thought you'd been in bed all day. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm fine. <laughs> I've been out and everything. I was like, I just shoved all of our stuff in there to hide it from the guests. Exactly. But that's what it was like the dark room in bed, untidy house, you know, just yeah. couldn't be bothered to do anything. So, um, sorry. And that was just this last, just recently, did you say? 
It wasn't as bad. No, no, no. That that that's when that was before I ever went to the doctor. That's how oh. bad it was back then. Whereas now, it, it I wouldn't let it get to that stage. I see. I see. You know. So no, that was just. But my husband was panicking because he yeah. thought I had gone back to that stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I see. And so, do you still see a therapist now? Um. I no, but I have booked in to see one. So I haven't, I didn't get it organized through COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, because also, I've, uh, you, you could only do them online. Mm. And, you know, we're all trapped in a house together. And you cry a lot when you're yeah. in a therapy session, you know, you start talking like I did just then. It's not mm. that I feel sad, but it's just a release of emotion. Mm. And um, I just didn't want my kids to hear me in another room going yeah. ah, <laughs> and that's what's kind of um stopping me a wee bit i've talked when i've talked about mental health with other guests i've said that i've thought about going and seeing a th- seeing a therapist and i'm totally yeah. fine you know i'm fine i'm fine <laughs> i'm fine yes, at the moment yes. and i'm usually fine but i just feel like there are a few things and like in the evening sometimes i have a bit of anxiety and sometimes trouble sleeping and maybe I'm a bit t- more tense than I could be. And so just talking to you makes me think, okay, I should go and see a therapist. But where I live, it's hard. For some reason, I don't want to see the one that um, comes here that's that's associated with the um, doctor's clinic that comes from Timaru like once a week or something. Um, I do have a friend that was seeing one online. So I'm thinking about yeah. seeing one online. But one, where would I do it? Like you say, like I might, I don't want to do it in the house because I don't want any sort of almost negativity associated with home. I'd, I yes. wouldn't want to do it at home. So maybe in the car somewhere. But I don't know if, because I think, oh, I'm, I'm fine. I don't know, like you say, if I've got time or can be bothered worrying about I mean, the fact that it will be emotional and then it will bring up lots of stuff, I know it will. So I think that's what's kind of putting me off. But just talking to you now makes me think, I need to do it just to be at my best Mm. so I can be my best self. I I honestly think everybody would benefit from seeing a therapist. Mm. You know, there's... it. Even if it's just a way of getting to know yourself because things come out and you go... Oh my goodness. And they, you know, you go into a therapist, you go, I'm fine. And the therapist is like, okay, yeah, bring it on. My friend, she's like, I don't see a therapist anymore because I feel like I can outsmart the therapist. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, well, they always talk to me about my childhood and I lie. And I'm like, why do you lie? What? She's like, I just can't really, I don't really want to go into it. And I was like, that's why you're there. Like yeah. it's your opportunity to really explore, get to know yourself, know how you tick. And then when things happen in the day and you react, you're like, huh, I know why I'm doing that. Yeah. That's amazing. And you can sort of stop it in its tracks. Yeah. Honestly, Kate, do it. It is so, it's, you know, it is just, I, everyone, if it was, you know, if it was available to everybody, it is just, it is one of the best things that you can do because we, we hold so much in. Mm. It's a way of letting it out in a non-judgment, non, non-judgmental uh, situation. And they're so good at asking the right questions. They probe you. And sometimes you're like, I have nothing to say today. And by the end of it, you're like, and then, oh my God, and then this happened. <laughs> <laughs> so so does it affect your life afterwards or is it kind of like you, you talk about it and then you dust it off and get on with your day like just 
Yeah. So you know they're, I mean? they're very good. They're, they have a wonderful way mm. of leaving you in a positive place to, right. to go. It's not yeah. like you're in the middle of this, you know, horrendous story and they're like, okay, time's up. Time yeah, to go. And then you good have to go and pick week. up the kids and people and you're like, don't yeah. talk to me. Um, because I, I, I've actually suggested to my husband, you know, why the, would you be, would you be open to going and see a therapist with me? Not because we have any, you know, big issues, but just moving forward, you know, we've been married for 10 years and I feel, you know, in order to have another great 10 years together, it would be wonderful for us to communicate mm. well. Um, and he was like, yeah, yeah, bring it on. He's kind of opened it, like awesome. open to things like that. Cause I think he sees, sees, but I'm like, if you have a major, you know, battle, how, how does it, you know, how do you, what do you talk about in the car on the way home? And I was speaking to a friend and she was like, oh, the therapist will settle you. Mm -hmm. My, your therapist will settle you. And so when you leave, you're in a place of, you know, harmony. Like you've you've and talked about something happy and whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, um, good. So and, do I mean, it, I'm Kate. sure there's good therapists yeah. and okay therapists. So, I, I mean, how do you find yes. them? Well, it's trial and error. So you need to go and see someone um, and try them out and see if you gel and if you feel that you want to talk to this person and share your deepest, darkest thoughts. And if you don't, it is not a big deal. Mm -hmm. You just, you can find another one. I don't know how it works in New Zealand, but in Australia, you can go to your doctor and you can get a mental health plan and say, I need, I would like to see a therapist and they, and you will get subsidized so you don't have to pay the full rate and they will refer you to one and if you don't gel you can go back and they'll refer you to another and I went you know I went to one and I was telling her about this horrible feeling I had about my children my child being taken from me mm. and she said you know Helen people do cope when their children are taken from them they do survive and I was like that's just not what I want to do here I'm not I'm not ready to survive that. Oh my God. And so I was like, okay, thank you. And so I, I went back to my doctor. Thank I was like, I, I need to see someone else. <laughs> and so, you know, oh, yeah, yes, I survive, but it's, it's not horrific. thriving, is it? Oh my no. gosh. Oh Just every, every mother's worst nightmare. And, mm. and so, yeah, you, you, you find someone that is, you know, you work with yeah. well. I mean, she said that and you thought, oh my goodness, but potentially you already had some red flags just from the first few minutes when you started speaking to her. Did you had, like it just yes. didn't feel right? It's a gut. You have a gut feeling like you do with people, you know, yeah. you know, friends, yeah. people, therapists are not people, but, you know, <laughs> you, you, you get this feeling, Oh, I'm going to get on with this person or, yeah. Oh, maybe we're not aligned in some mm -hmm. way. You know, yeah. it's the yeah. same. Oh, awesome. Mm. So yeah, I was go I've got down here to ask you for advice that you'd give to anyone that's struggling. So I guess that's it. Talk about it and don't be afraid to um, go on medication. Go on the medication and get yourself. Sorted. Yeah. Or just, just to go to your doctor yeah. and say, I need help. Yeah. And let them but like in help my you. case, I don't need to go to the doctor and say, I need help. Like it's more like I would like to explore feel a bit better things. well I feel fine but I would like to explore things so I can be my absolute best 100% and just Which relieve a little bit of that 
yeah. anxiety you have in the evening. Yeah. yeah. And so then you can, um, exactly, you can explore going to see a therapist. I don't know whether you need to go and see your doctor first in order to see a therapist. Yeah, I'd say you can probably see a therapist, but you'd pay for it all yourself. Whereas if, if you go, to the yes. doctor, like you say, you'd get some subs subsidy. Yes. Or Kate, like even if you don't want to go to a doctor, uh, a therapist, speak to a friend. Like, mm. Oh, yeah, I do. And, and, and yeah. do you, like if you say to a friend, do you ever suffer from anxiety in the evening? And they're like, oh, yeah, I do actually. And you're like, oh, what do you do? And it starts a conversation because you might speak to your friends, but a lot of people don't. I see. You know, yeah. a lot of people don't. And so it's just starting those conversations. Mm. Feeling you normal know. about things is a massive thing. I eh? like realizing that you're not the only one feeling like that. Is, yes. God, it helps so much. It is such a weight. And it, and it you know, uh, what I have one family member who has struggled with insomnia for, insomnia for so long. And it's really, really affecting his mental health. And he has really, really struggled. And I eventually told him that I was on medication. And he was like, no, 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 I'm not doing it, not doing it. And then about a year of us talking about it, he went on them. He is, he's just like, I, I feel like I am my normal self. Mm -hmm. I'm human again. I, he's like, I cannot believe another friend. She went on them and she said if she had known that she could be on them, she would have had a second child. Um, and you know, and it's these, it's just starting conversation. And a lot of people don't have conversation about anything. And you say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And you're not fine. Mm. Um, we're not all fine all the time. No. <laughs> and so, yeah, explore, explore seeing a therapist if you, mm -hmm. uh, for everyone, I think, if you can. Yeah. But if you don't have the means to, then just start speaking with friends. While we're um, sitting here, I'm even thinking about things like, unpacking some things in my head so like I'm learning golf and it's like I'm totally capable but I let myself down often just overthinking and almost getting like performance anxiety and just mm -hmm. having this conversation makes me think I bet you I will go in, into a session and it will unpack something from years of maybe not yeah. feeling like I was good enough or something so yes yeah mm. absolutely this is, this is but do you know the fact that the fact that you're even thinking about that, Kate, is is like the first step. That's mm. that's you know that's incredible, yeah. um, and it will be. We store things that we don't know that we've stored, and it will come from somewhere. And it'll be such a relief when you know, or you can figure out figure out a way of managing it, handling yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Helen. This has um, been so. I'm not I'm not rounding you off yet but um, no no that's okay. yeah like I didn't realize I mean I knew we were, we were going to have a great chat but just how valuable it would be you, you had no idea how interesting I, I am no I thought you were super boring <laughs> <laughs> I was really surprised when you asked me to go on the podcast I was like really what do you think I'm going to talk about <laughs> well the thing is every single person has a story no one doesn't yes everyone has a story to tell everyone has been through hard times and I enjoy t talking about people's hard times because that is how we learn and it's through yes. those hard times that we become great so um yeah I mean I knew you'd have a story because I mean you're an awesome person so why oh, wouldn't okay. you yeah um, um well thank you maybe we should have a chat in a year's time and see mm. how 
see see how that we've would be quite evolved. Cool. Yeah. Um, but I do have some questions for you to finish off. Um, mm -hmm. Just one that I've written down here quickly. So I wanted to ask you just a bit more about America. So how long did you live there? Um, so we were there for five years in total. Wow. Um, we did a stint in Silicon Valley, which is just outside San Francisco. Mm -hmm. um, we did a short stint in New York through winter wow. with a newborn. That wow. was interesting. And then it's so fascinating, New York in the winter. Like it is. It's it's as uh, it snow pretty much the whole time. It yes, it, it did snow a lot, but it was also like the it is so cold, and we were just not prepared. The How clothing is it so wise, so popular to live there. I mean, it is an so, incredible a, city. So romanticized, like I love Sex in the City. Yes. I, I, do you know what? I was so excited. I mean, I do have a terrible phobia of rats and so, which I haven't unpacked. I wonder where that comes from, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I do have a horrible phobia of rats. So when my husband was like, I've got a job in New York or job offer, do you want to go? My first thought was, oh, not, oh my God, I'm going to be Carrie Bradshaw. It was, yeah. oh my God, I'm going to die if I see a rat. Yeah, and I was there for six months, and I only saw two, but they were the size of small horses. Yeah, and I saw heaps in London, and like my husband was in a phone booth, and he was Ooh. talking to. He was going to. He did one of those jobs where you, um, he'd go around working at, a, at different places, and a whole lot of Kiwis and Aussies and South Africans did it, and they'd go to people's gardens and work, and they'd put up marquees and stuff like that, and he had had this guy on the phone trying to get directions. So he couldn't hang up and the sick rat came into the um, <laughs> phone booth. Oh, this is like, terrific. so this is trauma with a big T for me. Like I can't, this is really good. <laughs> I, I think I might what need did... to make sure my husband goes along too because he probably needs to unpack that experience. <laughs> That I'm sure he dreams about that being mm. trapped in a phone box with a yeah. and you know he the did red step phone box out of like... it and like lean <laughs> like the rat was in the, in the phone box and he was sort of leaning. Like, all right, buddy, you, you you have that. I'll yeah. stand here. Oh no. Yeah. Um, okay, so you're New York. So you're scared of the rats, and you only saw two, live or dead. Yeah, no, alive, running. Yeah wildly down the street but only uh, two and that's miraculous yeah. okay um that's but i think uh, i think new york city if you are there without children and you are in your heyday it is the most wonderful place yeah. on earth um but if you're with children and it's it is it's a lot yeah so you um, know here we got have play groups and mainly music and stuff like that to meet other mums what did you do for friends so we lived in a one of those high-rise apartment blocks in Brooklyn, and these buildings are. It's my husband called it assisted living for the youth because we there was a coffee shop on the bottom, there was a dog walking park halfway up the building, and then there was oh. a children's play playroom. And so in the winter days, I would just go and sit in the playroom with all the nannies because everyone has nannies and yeah. we did not, and yeah. um, I just hung out there you know with the kids and my daughter she went to a preschool two days a week and my son was still you know he was six months at the mm. time and so we did that but my husband was like hey why don't you come into Manhattan for lunch and I was like no yeah. I, I have to get both kids down onto the subway you know yeah. and so do you my think daughter has to be these 
those these challenges could have been the, the catalyst as well for absolutely um i was very i had my actually my best friend was in new york at the time and she was a lifesaver for me she would come and visit me but every single time i was crying and you know she was just she was so supportive but i was very alone and i think that when you have small children and you don't have people around you or a support system it is really um it is really hard and i i honestly think that had we been around family maybe we would have had another child but uh, i just and you know my heart does go out to anyone who is not around family mm-hmm. when they have the small children and so yeah that was definitely it definitely had a big impact on me because there was no breathing space i was with them 24 7 um yeah and then did you say you moved to austin texas we did so we actually we went to austin before that for for a small small stint and then we went to new york and then in new york both of us were just like this is this is too hard mm-hmm. um and so we we managed to get back to austin and so we were there for the best you know, the best part of our time there. And Austin is a great town. It's young, it's really funky. But, you know, my daughter was getting towards school age and the day that we were leaving, we kept thinking, you know, Austin is so safe, there's no gun issues. And the day we were leaving, there was an active shooter at the local high school, (gasps) you know, just down the road from us. And it was like, this is, it's time, you know. I love America. I would go back in a heartbeat, but it, the, the gun situation is a real worry. Oh, that is so scary. Um, you know, yeah. dropping your kids off at school and not knowing if they're going to yes. go home. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's so much security. When I came to Australia, my daughter went into her first primary school and I was like, where are the, the codes on the gate? There's no security here. Yeah. And that's like, we're in Australia. Yeah. We're, you know, we're done now. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. And yeah. so do you have family support? Um, is your husband's family supportive back in? They are, yeah, so they're wonderful, but they're in Sydney. So we're in Melbourne. But the moment, the moment they they can come down, my mother-in-law, she'll come and stay for weeks. And she is just a gift. And I'm so lucky. We get on very well. And, you know, my parents would be there all the time if they could be. It's just. So are they back in England? Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so what made you move to Melbourne rather than Sydney? job um yeah my husband's work yeah. so he was offered we were actually when we were leaving america we were meant to go to england and so uh, we sent all of our stuff to england mm. and then we <laughs> flew to australia to have a little holiday to see matt's oh, parents who we yeah. haven't seen for a while and then matt got offered the job of his dreams in yeah. melbourne and i was like so he's obviously looking uh, yeah well not really but someone approached him oh wow and so he was like, oh, my God, I've been offered this job. It's in Melbourne. And I was like, we've just told my whole family we're moving back to England. <laughs> He's like, so that was a horrendous conversation yeah, I had to have bitch. with my parents. Um, but and then and then but my parents that, you know, they're travelers. They came to visit, which is great. My brother, one of my brothers came to visit. So and then we're going back in July, which I can't nice. wait for. And then um, with our rural campaign and our sort of focus on rural and down to earth women, you mentioned that you grew up on a farm so did your family have yes. a farm my my uncle had a farm and yeah. my mum lived in the same village so that was where we had our roots and yeah, so we nice. would move around 
because of my dad but that so that was our you know our village in it had a church yeah. but no pub it's oh, very oh, rare to it find it uh, I I know it's so rare to find a village without a pub which is really disappointing but yeah. um and it was just it was beautiful we were out playing football at night um until it got dark and then we'd come oh. inside and it was just you know quad biking it was the most wonderful experience I just oh. I, I I would love to have that for my children now it's funny because I wanted to get away from it and then now I'm older and I just want to be in nature I just I'm just so desperate to get back there okay just a few questions to round this off so if you could live anywhere in the world where would you live Austin in Texas wow really amazing without the, without the guns without the guns yep and so <laughs> I mean, the only thing I really know about Austin is um, from Road Trip, the movie, when they got confused with Boston, Massachusetts, and Austin, <laughs> Texas. I haven't seen it, but that's hilarious. You haven't seen Road Trip? No, I don't think so. Oh, is it where have. the guy eats the mouse at yes. the end? Uh, that's yeah, near blocked... the start. Near the start. Oh, yeah, I probably blocked it from my mind. Because of the mouse. Come pop. Yeah, like the rest of it's well. good though. You need to watch it again. It's so good. <laughs> Austin, um, Texas, yeah. fascinating. And you've been to how many countries have you been to? A, a lot. I wouldn't be able. To, yeah. Um, what, like fifty or something? Uh, maybe not fifty. Maybe twenty. I would say. That, I'll, I reckon I'll have to, it'd be I'll more because I've been out. to more than 20 countries so I'd say you would have been have you? but that's because I did a big three-month trip all around Europe and so we went through heaps of countries yeah okay well yeah I guess uh I don't know I'll have to get back to you on that Kate because I just yeah, right. my little teeny tiny yeah. brain can't figure that out <laughs> okay. right now <laughs> okay, that's fine. um have you been to New Zealand no, no I haven't. Coming, it is on it's on my bucket list um, <laughs> no even I would love to come this in within before the, the end of the year if oh, not oh. the start of start next year is yeah. Mish still coming to Wanaka she had a family holiday trip uh, booked to I, ha- I don't know coming I'll have to ask her yeah I'm not sure I don't know um because she's had so many trips that have been cancelled for mm. various reasons so I'm I'm not sure what about your favorite healthy nourishing food Avocado. Mm. Yeah, I'm uh, with you. Honestly, I could eat it all day. Mm. Just scoop it out. I ju- I love avocado. Oh, it's my so go-to. Um, I smoothies, don't scoop it out by smoothies. itself, but just any food that has it with it. So nachos mm. or yes. rice and you know poke bowl, whatever salad. If you add yes. avocado, it takes from an okay meal to a freaking amazing one. I agree. I just, I, so I guacamole, I think oh. from being in Texas, the guac, oh, it, just, it is my, I could just eat it all day. Do you day. make that homemade? So it's avocado chopped up, um, red onion chopped up, tomato really finely tomato. all mixed together with lemon and salt. Oh. Mm. Bit of garlic and yes. it's just so good. I okay. love it. Favorite sometimes food. So food that we wouldn't consider so nourishing. But you know, it can be good for the soul. It would be ice cream. Ice cream, nice. But but I, I but a vegan ice cream. I'm not vegan, yeah. but I do try to I do try to avoid dairy. I'm vegetarian. Yeah. I do try to avoid dairy. But if a cheese platter comes out, oh so, no no, there we go, cheese. 
Cheese. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm going to get rid of get rid of <laughs> get rid cheese of cheese. Is a bit cream. of a hard one though, because that's that's why it's a bit of an awkward question. Why I I never know the word CEOs because foods don't necessarily fit into one category or the other. Because cheese is great for you yes. if you have you know yes don't have too much. Yes, yeah, so, well, so for me, if I have cheese, it can make me feel really uncomfortable in mm. my tummy, and so, so I shouldn't eat food it. For you, yeah. So for me, it's a sometimes food because. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's so good with crackers. Favorite yoga pose? Well, anything upside down for me. I love being a headstand, handstand, anything where where I'm upside down because it's playful and it it brings me joy. Cool, and I guess it's challenging too. So, do you feel like you're doing something that's that's challenging, or is it not for you? Is it super simple that it's? Oh no, no, it's absolutely challenging for me. um, there, are, I mean, there's some headstand is much easier for me now. I don't have to think about them so much. But handstands, there's some days where I can't, I can't, just can't get get up. So very frustrating as well. But I kind of like that, yeah. being able to try and control my mind so I don't go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's playful. I constantly have to work at a handstand, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Favorite exercise that's not yoga. I love running, but only with friends. I love the, the the social aspect of it, and I really I do love swimming as well. Yeah, but I'm too. not match fit because the breathing is. Mm. Uh, it, but I do love it, and I it do have to. It doesn't take long to get it going. I did a few lengths this summer, and the first the first day, it's like yeah, I did a lot of breaststroke and not much freestyle. I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. and then I, I mean, I, even a few weeks later, I was mostly just freestyle. Yeah, like we have in 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 Melbourne. We have a beach which has the, the the iconic beach boxes, and out is a pole. Now I don't know how far this pole is, but two friends were going, and I they were like, "Come with us," and I was like, "Okay." And so we swam out to this pole because I'm competitive. Yeah, Not I didn't want to win. I just didn't. Yeah, I just oh, you didn't well, want to be bad. You wanted to be competitive. I just didn't. I just wanted. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hold my own. Yeah, and they have done it quite a few times, and I honestly. I thought this is this is a heart attack. I'm pretty mm. sure I'm having a heart attack because my well, chest. Well, there's no just stopping gone, at the <gasps> end like I was when I needed to in the, in the swimming pool. You can't just stand up and take a breath. Can you? Um, <laughs> no, and I was just like, I've, I've got to touch this goddamn pole. Yeah. How um, far was it? And then I don't. I, I would say I, I think it would have taken us 20 minutes to get out and back. Yeah. So I'm not quite sure, and uh, we wouldn't be we wouldn't have been going far. So I did keep swapping over to go onto my back, a bit yeah, of backstroke so just, yeah, just to gather my breath. Yeah, yeah. My brother swam the English Channel. It took him 15 hours and 45 minutes. Seriously and, interesting because I know, I'm talking to sorry. someone who swam the Cook Strait. <laughs> And growing up, that was my goal. I wanted to swim the Cook Strait. And I'm starting to think to myself, should I be making that a goal when my kids are slightly <gasps> older? Like, it's yes, horrific. Yes, because it's but, the training. Yeah. It's the training. But how, and you've got to have the time to drink. Yeah, the training. And like, how strong would your mind be if you did something like that? And I just think, how cool would it be? to do something you know I shouldn't go on because I'm going to be talking to someone about this how, how cool would it be to be able to achieve something that you said you'd do when you're little because most things that you say yes. you're going to do when you're little you never do yeah I uh, agree do it Kate anyway so your husband no I mean your, your brother did he was he a swimmer what's his backstory 
No, he's just a little bit mental, mm. I think. Um, he just loves a challenge. And so he he likes things which are a bit out of the box. And so he was like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the English Channel. And I asked him, you know, did you ever feel you were going to give up? Because it's a long time. The record yeah. you do it is, is seven hours, I think. might be five now. And he did it 15, 45 minutes. So that is a long time to be swimming. And yeah, I said, and is did it you literally ever... swimming the whole time? Or do you just lie there and yeah. rest? Are you allowed no, no, swimming the like whole time. to hop on the boat for a bit or you just have to do no, the whole thing? cannot <gasps> touch the boat. We kept, we fed him with a net. He wasn't allowed to touch or hang on to the net. Oh, so you were there? We were allowed, yeah, I was in the boat and we were allowed oh, to swim cool. with him, but we had to be behind and we could not touch him. Wow. And and these massive oil tankers were going past him honking and it was, I mean, like horrendous for me but I said to him did you ever feel like you were going to give up and he said never mentally I knew I would never give up but we were getting to the point where we were drifting into the Calais port and so our the pilot of the boat was saying you know if he doesn't hurry up I'm gonna have to pull it and so what does um, he mean by that like stop stop the race because we were drifting into the Calais port which was going to get too busy and too dangerous oh. so he needed to speed up to 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 put more power in to get into a different point of the coast so, so we didn't hit the Calais port. just um, change his direction slightly? Like, I don't get it. Because the current and ah, he's not, you know, and also... At different times it was going to pull him that way. Yeah, oh, exactly that. And, and also um, he started in the dark. Two o'clock in the morning he jumped into the water at Dover in England and that is never happening for me. So oh, would you have goodness. to swim in the dark? I've got no idea. I'll be able to talk How to long? Joe Kane, okay. the lady. But oh, great. I'm going to listen. This is the first time I'm I've excited. said it out loud that oh, I'm thinking it's about done. doing it. It's sealed. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. So just um, the feeling Yeah, but yeah. of achieving that. Yeah, and I just think, yeah, I'd love to talk to someone else about, yeah, I, I can go in it with Joe, but, you know, the topic of, you know, there's things that you said you wanted to do when you were a kid. And like, I wanted to be a silver yeah. fern. I wasn't a silver fern. But, you know, there are some things that you yes. say you, you yeah. want to do. Yeah, anyway. Yes. Go, okay. go see a therapist. Unpack all of that <laughs> self-belief stuff. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> okay, do you have um, a health hack? Well, I'm sure you've got heaps. What's a health hack you can share with everybody? Well, yeah, so this one is something that I've been talking about a lot, actually. Um, and it is, it, I mean, it relates to mental health and it is getting into direct sunlight first thing in the morning. Um, the blue light receptors, um, they, I'm not going to word this correctly, but they um, are associated with the same part of the brain that. Um, is associated with anxiety, depression, and your mood, also headaches and migraines. And so um, if you can get into blue light, direct sunlight, and whether, um, so if you can get into direct sunlight first thing in the morning, it gets your circadian rhythm um, into the right place and also can really lift your mood. And even if you get up in the dark, like I do to teach yoga, even 15, 20 minutes before the sun comes up is enough to for you to take in in order to help elevate your mood and to get you moving in the right direction for the day 
Um, so even if it's like a not very nice day, like if it's raining, you still Overcast. Sort of stand outside. Yep. Yes, you can exactly all stand by a window and just making making sure that you you know there's no barrier between you. And I've been reading and researching so much about this. Um, yeah, love it. But yeah, everything else I have is controversial, so I don't think I can say it because <laughs> <laughs> we will do. We'll save that for another day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you could have dinner with anyone in the world past you know they don't have to be alive though um who would it be um probably barack obama love it why um because i think he's the only person that i've ever known to be in politics who is genuinely a good person mm -hmm. and wants to do wants to create a good world mm -hmm. and i think he just handled himself and handles himself with such incredible grace um, and humility. And he is just a wonderful human being. And I would just love to tap into his incredible brain and just ask him lots of questions. It's scary um, how, you know, there's so many people live in the UK. There's so many people live in America. Can't there be more of him? You know, more I know. Good people in because I think my I, the problem is I think good people don't can't be bothered with the politics side of it. Yeah, and it's just you know good people are good people, and politicians are generally politicians. Not all politicians. Yeah. We're broad stroking here, but totally. Uh, yeah, so he's one that got through. Advice for those who are struggling with yoga, because I do talk to a lot of people, and I used to be one, and I'm still kind of one. Like when I do mm -hmm. it. I'm like, yep, I need to do this more and I enjoy it. But who yes. struggle with, with yoga. And there are a lot of people out there who say, oh, no, I can't do yoga. How do we, you know, it's so beneficial. What is your advice to them to maybe get them into it or help them to enjoy it? So start, start with a very um, a, a, a foundation class. So a B yoga. So either Billy's B yoga, my B yoga. Start. Um, at, start at the beginning and find a place where you feel comfortable, where it's not moving too quickly and you can start to understand. Also, do one class, the same class, two, if you can, three times a week. That's and a good idea. You will see even just repeat you, it over and over and over. Yes. That is such a good idea. I might start doing that it, even if I'm just doing the same one each week. Yes, exactly. Because then you – you start to move more fluidly. You start to understand what's coming next. Mm -hmm. And then you sort of, you can start to understand the way yoga operates or something, mm -hmm. the way you move sort of yeah. thing. And then when and you feel like- you're thinking, oh, what's that I'm supposed to be doing? Oh, can I do that one? Yes. You know oh, she's on to something else now. Yeah. I'll just stop, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's repetition. It really, it, it, it is. And then the next week, do another one, you know? And yeah. That's great advice. And um, yeah, the the yes yogas they're they're cool, aren't they? They're really cool. I love that they're um, I love the strength component of them. Yeah, and so and the yes yogas I try to make a little bit more fluid because that is how I like to practice. I like to move my body in a sort of a fluid way. It feels mm -hmm. good, and so that's how I like to teach. So the yes yogas just move that little bit more. So yeah. I think once you have a, a bit of an understanding of the B yogas, then move to yes yoga. If you go straight into a yes yoga, it's just like 
I have no idea what's happening. Yeah, no, totally. And what I often tell people too, if if they've always been into hit and they really want to slow down a wee bit and do some more, you know, slower pace strengthening stuff, is even yes. go, to, go to Pilates first and get your head around Pilates and do some Pilates. Yes. And the transition to yoga isn't so huge. Absolutely. Um, that That's a really good idea, actually. And I have just started Pilates, actually, yeah. and I love it. And it yeah, is they're, cool. they're very similar. There's more, yeah, they're very similar. And so I agree. Um, Pilates is you, almost, you can, it's really similar to HIT as well. You know, it's just, it's such a. Exactly. There's so many different It's things. an in-between. Yeah. Yeah. And so, as you said, it's perfect to go from Pilates to HIT because you build a little bit of strength and it's not so overwhelming. And uh, yeah, it's good. It's, a, it's basically just really good Pilates. It's a good lead into anything. Yeah. It's <laughs> so good for your core. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Helen. That's um, I'm sure people have taken so much from that. And it's just great to get to know you a bit more. Thanks, Kate. I've really appreciated it. It was like a therapy session. <laughs> okay. I'm going to check in with you when I've got myself um, sorted. And if there's anyone else out there who's like me and thinking, you know, they should talk to someone, how about we, how about we do it now? I've said this before on podcasts and I haven't done it. So hopefully... No, that's not the right attitude saying hopefully I'll do it. I need to say I will do it. I need to work yeah, through good. what's stopping me. Yeah, but anyway. Yes, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, even if you don't have anything to figure out, you know, it just it's just good to talk. It's just yeah, good to just, get things and out. And even just do one session and then see how you feel afterwards. Just, you know, it's just like a workout. You're just saying, okay, just do just do one, focus on the one, and then you yes. do the next one. And and if anyone has any questions or or about anything that I have spoken about today and they want to talk in more in depth about it, please do get in contact because I will I'm happy to talk. Awesome. Thanks. Um, to um, the um, ends of the Helen's earth. Helen's Instagram handle will be on the uh, in the show notes. So they can just send you a message through there. Thanks, Kate. Have an it was awesome a day and we'll catch up soon. You too. Love you bye. Catch up soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to the Dedicate podcast. If you are enjoying it, and I really hope you are, please hit subscribe and leave a rating and review. New episodes launch every Sunday with breaks over the school holidays. If you love this episode and want to get to know some of our other trainers, make sure you haven't missed from this season, Caro Patterson, my experience with overtraining and undernourishing. Caro is our boxing hit and strength trainer. From season two, Jess Baker, my journey with postnatal depression. Jess is our pregnancy and postpartum trainer. And if you missed our very first episode ever, it's with our head trainer, Anna, called Anna McDermott from Anorexia to Motivating Thousands. You can also learn a bit more about me from season two, Kate Ivey, How It All Began. Dedicate is the online health and fitness community for rural and real women, mums and those who love a down-to-earth approach to fitness. Join our trans-Tasman community with your seven-day free trial at kateivyfitness.com. Hope to see you there.